In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. From May 13th to October 13th, many of the faithful observed the 100th anniversary of the visits of Our Lady of Fatima. This past Friday, we had a beautiful rosary in public down in the lower parking lot, attended by many, many people. Hopefully, it doesn't signal the end of interest in what Our Lady said to people, although I think for some it will mean that it is now expired, and apparently the 100 years weren't triggered on October 13th, 1917, and so some uh, other prophecy may be of greater importance, or this prophecy of Pope Leo XIII may be explained in other ways. Hopefully, rather, it brings to mind to all of us the need to pray. The need to pray the rosary. The need to do penance. The need to make reparation for our sins and the sins of others. And to realize that at times, God gives us a warning, not in order to tell us this is what is certainly going to happen, but this is what he wants not to happen which will be possible if you cooperate with his plan, if you do his will. Remember, the the third part of what Our Lady revealed to Sister Lucia, which she then put into writing in 1944 and made available to the popes, was eventually released to the faithful in the year 2000 by Pope St. John Paul II his seemingly having been convinced that the assassination attempt on him on the 13th of May in 1981 was a sign that the warning predicted by Our Lady of Fatima, a vision of a tall mountain where the Pope was killed by bullets and arrows and all the priests and all the bishops and all the religious and all the lady were slain on this mountain, that that had been averted not just by the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima, in whose statue Pope St. John Paul II placed the bullet that should have killed him, but did not, but also because the faithful responded to what she said. Not everyone, but some. Imagine what our Lord can accomplish when more of us when most of us, when all of us cooperate with his will, when we love him as we ought, when we pray as we can, when we desire to be with him with all of our strength. The, the story that our Lord tells today in Matthew 22 is a story about how much God wants us to be with him at the heavenly wedding banquet. In a different manner, he explains again how the invitation was originally sent to a select few. Belonging to the people of God in the Old Testament was limited to those people who belonged to Israel, to the 12 tribes of Israel. But now the invitation to belong to God's family is open to all through the sacrament of baptism and is sustained by a sacramental life in the Catholic Church. Some of us complain, and, 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 we, and we, 
we feel sorry for ourselves and we wonder, how much do I need to do? How much do I need to endure? How much more patience? How much perseverance do I need to have? And we're, 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 we're looking in the wrong place. The apostles never said to Jesus, how much more do we need to do? It's our Lord who looked at the apostles and said, how long do I have to endure you? It's God who's being patient with us, not the other way around. From 2015 until 2085, 2082 rather, the church is observing the 500th anniversaries of all the events in the life of St. Teresa of Avila. I strongly encourage you to learn about her and to learn from her. Today is her feast day. We don't include her prayers at the altar today, but October the 15th is her day. She did die on October the 4th, 1582, but we observe her feast day on October 15th. Perhaps the the easiest thing to read, the, the thing that's most appropriate for those of us in the world, not in a monastery, is the way of perfection, which is a great tutorial on prayer and then a commentary on the Lord's Prayer. She also penned for the, for the other sisters in her monasteries a set of maxims, little phrases to remember, phrases to live by. Some of them are obviously particularly suited to monastic life, and some are easily um, adopted by those of us who live in the world. She said, detach your heart from all things. Seek God, and you will find him. Our prayers today reemphasize that message. We must be saved from evil, detached from it, spared of it, and strengthened by God. It's not as though we just need to be reminded by God from time to time to be good, but he needs to provide the strength for us to even desire him, to love him, to obey him. We need to ask for that help. As is occasionally the happy occurrence, the gospel today for the Novus Ordo Mass is the same gospel as it is for the traditional Latin Mass, Matthew 22, 1 to 14. And so the opening prayers really uh, reemphasize each other. We prayed that the grace of God may go before us and follow after us. That we may be faithful to his commandments. I'll pray at the noon mass. O almighty and merciful God, graciously keep us from all things that may hurt us. That we being set free both in body and soul may willingly fulfill those things that thou wouldst have done. This is God's work. We just have to cooperate. Yesterday, I helped out at a wedding with Father Scalia and Father Barris. 
in a way which surprisingly caused no consternation among anyone, the wedding started a half hour late. The bride was there on time. The groom was with us in the sacristy. I think the bridesmaids took the hit for somebody else. Apparently they were late. But I can easily imagine it was a ring bearer who just wouldn't get into the tuxedo. <laughs> right? Have you ever tried to dress a squirmy little child? I'm sure you've done it many more times than I have. Right? And there's, there's flopping, and there's resistance, and there's turning, and there's twisting. And the little one is saying, why is this taking so long? And you're thinking to yourself, that's exactly my question. That's you and God. God has a wedding garment to put on you. It means you need to be cleaned. Go get washed. Take off your dirty clothes. And then one by one, there are new clothes to put on, clean clothes, beautiful clothes. These aren't the clothes that people usually wear. And it's extra clothes, right? There's a cummerbund and there's a tie, maybe even cufflinks, perhaps. God is trying to get you ready for heaven, and most of us don't want to go. Most of us want to be happy right now. We hear this first reading. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and choice wines. Juicy, rich food and pure choice wines. And most of us think he's talking about something right here on earth. And we're trying to create that life where we will never be hungry and never suffer. But then, if you continue, it, it, it follows, On this mountain he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples, the web that is woven over all nations. He will destroy death forever. For many centuries, people would know as soon as they got to that line, oh, he's talking about heaven. But now in the 21st century, there are people who even think that, no, we can destroy death. We can avoid death altogether. Some of us, the most fortunate or the most wealthy, will be able to live forever somehow. We, we really need to ask ourselves, all of us, am I trying to carve out a happy life on earth? Or am I trying to get to heaven? If I'm not trying to get to heaven with all of my effort, I'm telling God, I don't want to wear that. I don't want to wear that. Get that away from me. I don't want that virtue. I don't want that grace. I don't want that blessing. I just want to do what I want to do right now. And do we think God is, thinks it's cute and funny? No, it, mean, it means we don't actually desire to be with him. We don't want to go where he's going to take us. And so we look at the cross and how can we avoid the conclusion that God actually is willing to do anything because he loves me so much he wants me to be happy with him forever in heaven. How can I avoid that conclusion? Why would I deliberately desire less 
than I can what God is making possible. How can I look at the cross and say, no, I'm not willing to suffer? How can I look at the cross and say, no, I'm not willing to be humbled? I'm not willing to be hungry. I'm not willing to be poor. I'm not willing to give up everything for the sake of having the love that comes from someone who's willing to suffer that for me. After communion, you'll hear this prayer. We entreat your majesty most humbly, O Lord, that as you feed us with the nourishment which comes from the most holy body and blood of your Son, so you may make us sharers of his divine nature. May thy healing grace, O Lord, mercifully free us from our perverse inclinations and make us ever to cleave to thy commandments. Or in the words of St. Teresa of Avila, desire to see God, fear to lose him, grieve to be so far from him, rejoice to be brought near him. Thus, you will live in profound peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.